Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Prep Life Podcast. This is your founder and CEO of Glam Girl Bikini, Amy Anger. And today I am joined by MPC and IFBB Pro League Head Judge Gary Udit. He is the supervisor of the MPC Mid-Atlantic Zone. He's the promoter of the MPC North American Championships, Team Collegiate and Masters Nationals, Ben Weeder Natural Champions, and is the promoter also of the IFBB Pro Masters World Champions. Gary, if you can unmute your phone, welcome to the show. Thanks for being here. Okay. There he is. Okay. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about you, um, your background, where you're from, and um, your educational background? Uh, from Pittsburgh. I've been a lifer here which probably was my good fortune because I get to meet uh, and get involved with Jim Mannion at the age of about 19. It was a classic situation of uh, having been an athlete in high school, come out of high school looking for something to do, uh, found my way into a YMCA downtown, and one thing led to another, and um, I got to meet Jim Mannion and found out that he's the guy that ran bodybuilding, and... I uh, started to work for him at his shows, and then, um, and now suddenly here we are in 2023. I don't know exactly how that happened so fast, but uh, it's been a hell of a ride and um, fantastic. And like I say, I had the good fortune of being here in Pittsburgh, so I learned from the best from the ground up. Absolutely. And when did you start promoting? I started promoting when I realized that I was genetically challenged and I wasn't going anywhere in bodybuilding. <laughs> I had uh, I'd done well up to the state level championships. And when I took a good hard look at the national level athletes, I realized that there was no room at the end for me there. So um, <laughs> I thought I'd better get into something else here. So I got involved uh, even more so with helping Jim run his event. And then eventually starting to run some small regional events. And then uh, the first national level event, I got my hands on with the Teen Collegiate Masters back in 93. Um, we started that event with uh, 100, and 100 athletes. And I was literally giving tickets away to people just to try to fill the auditorium. Wow. And... Um, have followed Jim's principles from day one to, so that now we're, uh, you know, back uh, September, we ran the Masters World Championships, which culmination of a long time of uh, promoting and, and learning and, um, and basically following Jim's, the, the very first meeting we had when I was going to get more involved with his event, his Pittsburgh Championships, the very first thing he said to me was, all you have to remember is you take care of the athletes first. He said, without them, you have nothing. So you've got to Absolutely. take care of them. It's got to be the athlete experience. And uh, seriously, I've, I've followed that to a T. And I think it's the key to all of this because uh, the athletes work so hard. So that when they show up at the competitor meeting, their work is done, and this should be a good experience. So um, we, we live by that. 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I know it's been, um, you know, quite a ride. You've had um, a long time that you've been a promoter and all that. How many, do you know how many total competitions you've promoted um, like in total for just this year? How many do you um, actually promote other, outside of those national champion? Uh, you know, I, I, I couldn't tell you. Um, um, uh, that's a good question. I don't really know. And it's been a lot of events. Um, you know, we've, we've tried to develop some new things and uh-huh. the masters world championships was probably the, uh, the biggest one so far, because what, what's been going on is that since 1993, uh, we've been giving out pro cards to our masters champions and, over the years, there was only really one guy that could stand with uh, open ath- open pro athletes. So it was a guy named Youngblood way back. So the requests came in that um, they needed somewhere to go to extend their careers. So that's why we started to do the Masters Pro events. And um, started out with the Pittsburgh Pro Masters. And then another, a, a number of other guys picked it up and started doing things. And Tim Gardner and Jack Tatone and uh, the guys on the West Coast, Tamer and Tarek, and um, all the really good promoters started putting on Masters Pro events because it's a market that was generally untapped. Meanwhile, <laughs> they just continue to get better because um, they're training smarter. They've learned so much over the years. And... So it's become a huge market for us um, with the master's folks extending their careers, men and women. Yeah, it's incredible. I love that you've done that. And I love that they had a master's Olympia this year. So what types of things do you try to make sure that you do as a promoter when it comes to the athlete having a great experience? We try to make sure that everything is not only professional, but efficient. Um, for example, in our check-ins, ideally, I'd like the athlete to be in our check-ins for five minutes at the most. Love so that. They, our, our process is our, our processes work well because I've got the best team in the. In, I frankly have the best team in the world. I, I really don't mind. I, I love to brag on them because it's a group of people that their only goal that weekend is to run the perfect event for the athletes. And I get accolades relentlessly after the events. You know, you've got the best team in the world. They made it so comfortable for me. Um, I was where I needed to be, but no one yelled at me. Um, <laughs> and on and on. And I obviously I pass it on to our team. But um, that's the key. So that the other key for us is uh, – we always have way more people here working the event than we ever need. I'd rather have people hanging out doing nothing than not have enough people because then you got a situation. And so uh, it, from, from the check-ins, which are uh, a breeze for the athletes, all the way through to the last award is handed out. Um, details. A little, a little OCD goes a long way. <laughs> that's true 
Yeah, it it takes a lot. I don't think people really understand what goes into promoting a show until you've actually been there and done it. It's a lot of preparation, a lot of finite details. And you do, I would totally agree that you have the best team in the world. I think your format is the most comfortable. And what inspired you to start doing the text message alerts? I do think that that was a huge game changer that really set you apart when it comes to creating a great experience at the national level? Well, you know, while I get the um, credit for these shows, the absolute fact, fact of the matter is that I couldn't do any of it without my brother, Craig. You know, okay. years ago, whenever I finally uh, realized it was time to step into the new millennium and I asked him about getting a website and he built it, then it, changed, it was a game changer completely. Because, yeah. um, so then I would always hand out a packet as you checked into the event, mm-hmm. come through a second procedure and you get a goodie bag and a t-shirt and a packet of information. It was all the information you would ever possibly need to know. Uh-huh. And then throughout the weekend, people would be asking me questions and it became very apparent that they weren't reading this information. <laughs> so I mentioned that to Craig, I go, you know, I get this. 10 page packet and they're not reading it. And he said, well, it's time for us to build an app because they're on their phones and the fo- the app will be on their phone, which means the information will be at their fingertips and we yeah. can, we can alert them and send them texts and then they'll look down and they'll get the message. So, so, that's, so that's what started it. And uh, it was fantastic. I mean, it, it couldn't have worked out better. And then now with the advent of uh, the MuscleWare software program uh, that we've uh, that we've got hooked up with, you know they've got one themselves. So that that MuscleWare program is uh, something that came out of Canada and uh, by, by way of Ron Hache and his guy up there, Andrew. But that 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 has been a game changer for promoters. I can tell you because so many of the yeah. things that we used to have to do are suddenly automatically done through MuscleWare. So it's a fantastic uh, component. Yeah. I remember having to make those spreadsheets of all the athletes in each of the categories. Um, Okay. So what would you say are the trends that you see coming up for next year in 2024? Um, There will probably be more pro masters events. Um, you know, the fact that uh, Jake Wood put on the Masters Olympia was a home run. Yeah. It's, 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 it's the title. And um, a couple of people have attempted it in the past. But, you know, they've got they've got the brand. They've got it uh, at their fingertips. And obviously, they did a fantastic job in Romania. So I think that my, uh, my guess is that there will probably wind up being some kind of a qualifying program to get in that. Okay. Um, that makes sense. Uh, the higher ups will figure that out. That'll be above my pay grade. But um, <laughs> I think that's going to probably be a trend. And, and the general trend of recognizing and doing more for the master's athletes. Um, the next thing that should happen, I don't know that it will, Companies, uh, corporations need to get involved supporting the master's division. 
And these are the people who have the disposable income. Uh, they're in that 35 to 60 range, which every corporation wants to hit in every way. Yeah. And one of these days, they're going to realize that, that those are the events they really need to start to support. Um, mm -hmm. I think it's starting to come around. I'm seeing more support for our events because once they realize these people these are not any these are not second rate athletes i mean they, these masters people are unbelievable yeah. um if you saw pictures from romania if you saw photos from our masters world championships these people blew the judges away so they are the, they are the best they are not only the next big thing, they are the big thing. It's mm -hmm. fantastic. They're, they've learned so much more about training smarter uh, and not training harder to the point that things start to snap. Um, yeah. And then, then the other trend that uh, is a guarantee that look out, look out, it's coming, coming to a theater near you is yeah. um, drug, drug tested events. And we're, we're going heavy and hard into drug tested events and uh, the culmination of that each year at least right now will be the ben weeder pro-am naturals npc and ifbb pro league the beauty of it is that as a drug tested athlete uh in the npc you turn pro if you win mm -hmm. and then the, we have a pro division also in that uh in that contest the pros who win get Olympia qualification, which is crazy and unheard of. So it's a, it's, it's a pot of gold out there. And the people, for instance, the people who compete uh, November 17th and 18th in Alexandria, Virginia, the pros that win will go straight to the uh, 2024 uh, Olympia uh, as an Olympia qualified athlete. So I can tell you, look out. Uh, it's going to be fantastic. Uh, Tyler's been working hard on putting together the protocols. Um, <laughs> anyone who thinks we're not testing, they're in for a rude awakening. Um, I just sent off a whole bunch of tests over the course of the last two weeks uh, from events that uh, we had done. And uh, um, it's uh, no Mickey Mouse stuff. I mean, it's, if you're going to have drug-free shows, you got to have drug tests. And um, anyone who thinks they're going to skate the test will find out for themselves. Yeah, we saw each other a couple weeks ago or weekends ago at the Natural Kentucky, and that was drug tested. And I'm bringing a bunch of athletes to the uh, Ben Weeder. So can you tell us about that process that you how you drug test, um, how that works in the NPC? Well, the uh, the protocols for next year are close to being finalized. Uh, but what we do is uh, at the Ben Weeder, for instance, we'll, at the very minimum, we'll test all the class winners um, and then also random athletes. Okay. Uh, some, and, and, you know, some, in some classes, uh, we'll go down and uh, test top two. Um, I mean, why not? Uh, I've got trainers calling me saying, hey, I'm sending – so-and-so is very notable. He goes, I'm going to show people she's, that she's drug-free. People think she's not. She's going to come there to pass the test. Um, so it's it's cool stuff. And uh, 
we've got we work with a fantastic lab and you know, i've been doing these drug-free events for a long time and it cracks me up when you know sometimes it comes from other federations whatever someone says or oh, the npc they don't really test they say they do <laughs> i got news for you <laughs> we certainly do yeah and i feel like it's different from promoter to mo promoter just because i remember i did the natural indiana and at check-in with jesse dale's show we all took a urine test at check-in before the show was even, you know, started on Saturday. And then I also competed at the Natural Ohio with Dave Lieberman. And I remember I was top five. So the top five got pulled out right after prejudging and we had to all take the the urine test. So I just didn't know how how you conduct those or how that kind of works. And and I assume you kind of go off of WADA. Um, but you also probably have it. I believe you have it on your website too, what the substances are as well. Is that correct? Yeah, it's an extensive list. And like I say, that uh, I, I, I can tell you, t Tyler is right smack in the middle of finalizing everything for next year. That's so good. across the world, um, the, the, key, the key for us, the key for us is uniformity. Yeah. In, in this sport. I agree. Relative to anything, you know, they, they we've and we, and since especially since Tyler's got involved because, um, you know, it's it, having him involved has freed Jim up to take care of some more things of an international flavor. And yeah. That, but with Ty Tyler, there's been a list of things that have been pinpointed that needed to be upped. One of them yeah. being when we've worked extremely hard on uh, improving our judging and our criteria and holding the judges accountable mm -hmm. to the criteria. So, you know, and, and our top head judges are now doing more instructing on along those lines. And you got people like, uh, you know, we're following the lead of Steve and Sandy and Becky Clausen, Bill Sebelia, Tyler himself. Uh, they're they're we've come up with the criteria and now we're being held uh, feet to the fire to stick with that criteria because as you all know there's situations sometimes where my flavor might not match the criteria but uh you know if i'm at a table and i happen to see athletes come out and i know what people's preferences are a little reminder goes a long way that, hey, I know you may like a harder physique, but there's a criteria we need to maintain because it's important not only for the athletes, but for the coaches and trainers so they know how to bring their athletes in. You know, it wasn't that long ago people would say, hey, what are you guys looking for this week? <laughs> <laughs> and you know, it's different different from the West Coast to the East Coast. And um, not anymore. Not anymore. No, yeah. you're absolutely right. Not anymore. Uh, we've gone a long way. And mm -hmm. um, there's a number of us who have gotten um, text messages during events when uh, when the boss is watching pay-per-view and maybe had a question on why didn't the call-outs go a certain way. So it's. I think it's one of the things we're, 
we're proudest of is the fact that uh, criterias are being held to now. And you got to have that. I mean, imagine as an athlete wondering what you should look like. Yeah. Uh, I think uh, with Tyler at the helm, we've really zoomed in on that. And, uh, and, and so then the other thing he did was this, we created a, a judge's training program so that okay. people, uh, if people were going to become a judge, okay, they've got to go through an extensive test judging program. And we work with them on, if it appears like it's something they may be good at, mm-hmm. it's not to say that everyone's good at it, um, but, but if they if they show some promise, then we'll work with them on kind of honing them into what we're looking for as a criteria. And then beyond that, we've taken it to the next level on training head judges um, because there are so many more shows than ever domestically, yeah. but not only domestically, you know, over uh, across the, the rest of the world because there's there are hundreds of events now and someone's got to judge them. Yeah. And criteria have to be maintained. So there's a training program for everything now. And uh, to Tyler's credit, you know, uh, uh, that uh, with this grandfather leading the way and Tyler making it happen, that um, our judging is now way better than it's ever been. Absolutely. Yeah. So when did you become a judge? A long, long time ago. <laughs> were you a promoter first or were you a judge first? Or did they kind no, of both happen I was a competitor, competitor first. Okay. And then uh, started to get into judging okay. and then promoting. Okay. And, so um, judging was first. And judging was first. And I, that's what, that's what right. I, yeah, I know I've said it a couple of times already, but that's the good fortune of being here in Pittsburgh around Jim Mannion. Yeah. And the folks that mattered so that I learned correctly from the very beginning and yeah. uh, became a judge. And then as a promoter, regional promoter, and then um, the goal being to move up to another level. And um, that's when I first started to judge national events with the Masters Nationals. And then I uh, th- and then after that, the next one was North America, which uh, I-, I have to tell you, I had to fight tooth and nail to get my hands in the North America. Oh, really? It's oh, such a successful no show. It's well, literally it broken is, the records, right? I mean, it, it is now. However, um, the the system, it, I wouldn't blame any one person, but the system of how they used to run that was different. It, okay. it jumped from a different city every year. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. And, a diff- and also a different date every year. So it might really? be... It might be in Jamaica. It might be in what? Windsor, Windsor, Ontario, Canada. It might be really? in Detroit. Detroit. Um, it was literally everywhere and okay. different dates. And I mean, I don't know much, but I know the success of our events largely rides on same venue, same date every year. People start to get it ingrained in their system. Um, and I learned a hard lesson. I learned a good lesson uh, from an athlete that I trained um, because I was looking for a new venue for one of our okay. events. And she said, and I mentioned, I said, go look for some venues. And she goes, why, why are you doing that? You got a good venue. Like, well, I think the athletes would like a different venue just, uh, just 
to break the boredom. She goes, no, you don't get it. We like familiarity. Yeah. When I go to that Soldiers and Sellers Memorial Hall, I know where the bathroom is. I know where the warm-up area is. <laughs> I know where everything is. It's a comfort zone. So that taught me a lesson right there. So along with the same date, um, a lot of times we go same same venue now anymore. Yeah, I like that as a competitor, it's easier to map. And as a coach, you can really just map out someone's prep and kind of, you know, for masters, they basically have beginning of July to, you know, Labor Day is basically like July 4th to Labor Day is like their three national shows. So it's nice to be able to kind of know, um, you know, years in advance. And then I, you know, I have my station square booked, you know, a year before oh, yeah. in advance because well, those know, rooms. And that, when that North America, unfortunately, very unfortunately, a really nice guy used to run it. His name was Nimrod King. He was a pro bodybuilder in Canada. And the poor guy, uh, he ran a pro show in Toronto and it didn't go well for him. Uh, financially, it was bad. So the next year, unfortunately, he couldn't run to North America as he was supposed to. And I was training people for that. I thought it was a great title. Yeah. So he had to cancel it completely. The following year, unfortunately, the same thing happened. So I've been torturing Jim Mannion for years. Give me that North America. <laughs> he, he, he said, that's going to test sucks. It never works. Forget it. I, I tried everything. Well, finally, cut, you know, so many times this timing or the way the moon and the stars are lined up. Yeah. And uh, we were in New Orleans and um, he said, uh, okay, he goes, go to Cleveland Monday and find an auditorium. And uh, he goes, you can try the, the North America. So I, I did. I had, we had 175 athletes. Um, and <laughs> it's so funny. I don't know if you know much about Cleveland, but Cleveland is a, oh, I do. a, a city of fantastic hotels. Um, what they did not have was much of a convention center, but they had kick-ass hotels. So I was in the the Renaissance, and they gave me this little Mickey Mouse auditorium ballroom. They wouldn't give me the big one. They said, no, nah, no, nah, you can't have that. So I was in this small room, this room, and had 175 athletes. And back then, only top five would pose the finals. So I worked out the numbers and the timing. I said, Jim, you know, I'm going to build this thing up. We should let everyone pose tonight because the number is the numbers. It will, it'll fit into our mm -hmm. time frame. So it's a competitor meeting. Everyone's there. And I said, by the way, everyone's posing tonight. Every phone I'm, I'm on tonight, get a ticket. <laughs> there were people hanging from the rafters. Yeah. And the, the guy came to me midway. He goes, well, clearly you need that big auditorium next year. I go, yeah, my man, I do. Um, so <laughs> that's what got it. That's what got it going. Uh, that's great. Seventy-five to start, and then it just took off from there. That's awesome. Kind of yeah. switching gears and circling back to the Ben Weeder. Do you know who what the head judge will be for um, the amateurs this year? Uh, it'll for the for the pros, and I suspect, but and the amateurs will be uh, Becky Clausen. Okay. Yeah, I, I was, was uh, about that. I was very very fortunate. Uh, I wanted, I mean, with people being busy as they are, you know, you start to hone in on who you want as that head judge because yeah. um, it means a lot to the athletes. Mm -hmm. We have 
we have a stable of really good head judges. Obviously, some of them stick out. Um, Steve Weinberger, Sandy Williamson, um, Tyler, obviously. You can, if you can twist his arm to get him at the table. Yeah. It's called. Um, and, and, and this past weekend, to give an example, uh, we had Vicky Clausen there, and our numbers jumped. And for a first run, first time event, it was really good. And I said to her, she goes, well, it looks like you got some good numbers. I go, yeah, it's called the Becky bump. <laughs> she goes, what do you mean by that? I go, well, there's the Tyler bump. <clears throat> the, the Bill Sebelia bump, the Becky bump, and the, um, <clears throat> obviously, the Sandy and Steve bump. You get yeah. them on there, put their picture on that poster, and all of a sudden, the, the, the trainers start to change their mind about where to send someone. That's right. Yeah. It'll it'll be Becky uh, uh, there at that event. Yeah. She had wonderful things to say about you. And I had her on the podcast for an interview and she was very insightful, but she definitely really thanked you a lot about your, your mentorship and how you kind of trained her up and put her with the best people and trainers to get her to be a good judge. And um, she had a lot of great things to say about you. She was someone you know, her after her competitive career was over, mm-hmm. and she comes from um, a background in figure. Yeah. And then towards the end, the figure girls were putting on more muscle, so she went into bikini for a while. And uh, and then she went. She was done competing. She wanted to do something, so she worked with our A team for a while. Meanwhile, I I only agreed to that because she wanted to do it. I mean, I kept thinking this girl is a judge all day. You know, just the way she carries herself, the way she's analytical. So when her time as a A-team expediter, uh, she was him. I said, just what do you want to do? She was, I'm not sure. I go, uh, your, your, uh, hit, your future is, is as a judge. So we got her going on that. And, um, you know, she took to it quickly. Not only her experience as a competitor, but um, being around Sandy a lot. And uh, mm-hmm. she'd be, she would judge uh, next to Tyler, next to Sandy, and he started to pick up a lot of cues and tips. Yeah. And to the, to the, to now that I was lucky to have her at this one on Saturday because she's in high demand. And when I had asked Tyler, I said, "Hey, uh, can I have Becky for that one?" He goes, "Well, I have to get back to you because I don't know where else I might have to send her because she's been on some trips to Spain and Italy and." even some last minute stuff. So uh, yeah, everybody, everybody wants her at their table. That's awesome. So what would you say were your greatest obstacles over the years that you faced um, with promoting? If you were to give a top couple of obstacles uh, that were really. I, I suspect um, <laughs> uh, Jim and Tyler would probably tell you that I am my own worst obstacle. Um, uh my mind never shuts off. I'm constantly trying to think of something, a way to make things better. That's cool. And uh, in the process of that, then I would pitch something. Yeah. <laughs> Either <laughs> these days, it used to be strictly the gym, but then since Tyler has joined us, maybe I would approach Tyler with a, a, an idea. It seemed like a good idea to me. <clears throat> I can tell you for sure that the two people in the world who have heard the word no the most from Jim Mannion 
is uh, his son, J.M. Mannion. And secondly, then me, because we would come up with some idea. And like I say, I mean, I, I'm telling you, I, I thought it was a great idea. It's a very, there's a very simple way that he says no. <laughs> so, and you know that when you get that no, there's no reason to ask again or no reason to ask in another way. <laughs> <laughs> he got to know, so shelve it and uh, like that. And so, move on. <laughs> uh, but, but obstacles, uh, you know, they're really, if, if there's an obstacle I have right now, it's the idea of getting these corporations involved to support the masters athletes. Because yeah. think about it, it's a no-brainer. Um, everywhere in the world, they're telling marketing people, go to that 35, 60 range. Go to them. They have the money. Um, that may be the biggest obstacle. Other than that, you know, Jim and Tyler and JM, we're all on the same page about making things better all the time. I mean, I'll give you a great example. I... <laughs> I had the best North America I ever had a number of years ago. Blew it out of the water. It was crazy. And so we went to Jim's house the next day, as we always do, and tore it apart. Okay, we can do this better. We can do that better. Those check-ins can be smoother. Um, transitions, you name it. Um, that's the coolest thing in the world. When, when you got the higher-ups who are on the same page that they want to keep continuing the progress of something and making it better every time. Uh, that's the coolest thing. No one's, no one's sitting on their laurels. Yeah, absolutely. Um, this year, are you judging, are you going to be a part of the judging panel for the Olympia? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's the plan. Um I don't know if you hadn't known what happened to me last year, but no, I was wondering why you're laughing. (laughs) I was, uh, I had, um, frankly, I ran myself into the ground uh, Uh last year. The 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 late summer and fall um, was busy, and we're developing new things, and one thing led to another, and I was sick as sick could be. And I should have been chilling, relaxing. Instead, I was running around the mid-Atlantic zone. Uh, the, the days before the Olympia, I went to Indiana to look at a venue called the Palladium. The oh, yeah. Youth. You were talking about Indiana before. And mm-hmm. um, my partners and I, uh, Jamie Sterling and her husband, Nick, it in indiana and we there's this one venue there called the palladium it's in carmel and uh we're actually going to add in 24 we're going to do a pro pro am show there um dave bowers used to run pro shows when he was involved and then when he mm-hmm. stepped down left a void where we needed to get a pro show back in there so we're going to do pro yeah. bikini pro classic but at any rate my point my point is that uh, when i should have been in bed sleeping on I was in Indiana, then I stopped in Cincinnati um, uh, for a pretty cool thing. And then I got on the plane the next day, and it was a disaster. And so I spent Olympia week in the hospital oh, in Vegas, geez. all places. So 
sometimes what happens in Vegas makes you stay in the hospital. <laughs> oh no! Uh, the only the only judging I did was from my my, my hospital bed. Shoot. Well, I'm glad that you're better. I didn't realize yeah. I that wasn't like a a planned question. I didn't realize that no. you weren't there. Yeah. And, well, and well, there weren't too many people. There weren't too many folks who knew. Matter of fact, I told uh, a couple people. I go, you tell everybody there are no visitors allowed here. Yeah. No kidding. Uh, it was just a, it was a disaster. But uh, yes, I'll be back on the panel this year, and uh, uh, we've got taken a team of that team of uh, our people out to uh, assist uh, Tamer and Caden with uh, the nice. production of that thing. And it doesn't get much cooler than uh, when our guys get to work that Olympia. I mean, it's the, it's the super duper super bowl. And for That's us, right. we're back there making it happen. And uh, so it's fantastic. You know, they got uh, that whole Olympia team is pretty cool. So yeah, uh, we, we all work well together. Do you know who's judging the amateur Olympia by chance? Um, no, that's a good question. Uh, I, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know. So I probably shouldn't say, I mean, I would, I could, I could guess that it would be, I could actually guess that it would be Becky and Bill, but yeah. I know they've done it in the past along with the Arnold, uh, amateur, but, uh, mm -hmm. um, but there's a bunch of other, you know, really, really, uh, good, good judges available too. But people will call mm -hmm. me. And uh, I was getting texts about who's going to head judge the uh, North America. I go, well, there's going to be eight of our top head judges in that room. So I really well, have no rotate. idea. <laughs> no. Yeah. Uh, so side note, if you um, were to make a prediction of your top five bikini Olympia, um, what would they be this year? Or dare you say <laughs> as a judge? Yeah, you know, top five. You better think more like top nine. I know, right? <laughs> I, I spoke it's going to be hard to who, pick. I spoke, last year, I spoke to someone who remained unnamed, and I said, wow, that, uh, that, that lineup's going to be crazy. Flip a coin, and this person said, yeah, maybe flip eight coins. Exactly. Because, um, you know, uh, <laughs> uh, the difference between first and seventh isn't much. And yeah, even first and tenth almost. <laughs> no lie. I mean, tell you, and the athletes continue to get better. Um, Absolutely. And generally, the girls make it tough because for the most part, they come in in shape. Um, the only difference may be that they've got slightly different shapes, but mm -hmm. conditioning, they come in in condition. Um, if there's anything we're hoping for, it's that in the men's division, um, especially in the men's open, because you look at that lineup and it, it may be the best lineup of all time if they show up in shape. Okay. And don't overthink it and don't screw it up, guys. Just your <laughs> so, can you magnificent set of athletes there? Yeah. Can you just kind of, uh, educate the listeners on how it's different for you as judges when you judge a national show versus a pro show. I mean, how does that, obviously you've said that, you know, it's like splitting hairs. They're so. Well, I'll tell you the truth. The fact of the matter is um, it's hard to judge the novice division at the Kentucky bluegrass 
this past weekend than it is to judge either the national championships or the Olympia. Okay. Can you tell us the difference there? Because of the disparity, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, at the Kentucky bluegrass this past weekend and every other regional event across the country that took place, um, we have a criteria we're looking for. However, at the regional events, who among us has that criteria nailed down? Uh, not that many people. They're, they've got a couple good body parts, maybe one or two. Then the question is, okay, this person is long and lean. This one's short and uh, a little a little more stout. Um, what do we do here? And mm-hmm. we do our best, and we have an odd number of judges, and we figure it out. Yeah. So it actually gets in many ways a lot easier when you get to the national championships and then even beyond to the pro ranks. Um, we like it when we enjoy it when they make it hard. Yeah. <laughs> uh, because if somebody comes out, uh, you know, I, and you know, the days when I would train people, uh, I don't do that anymore. Uh, the only thing I do now is maybe posing some assistance with posing, but. And the days I said, the goal is you walk out and they start looking about looking to trying to decide where they're going to eat lunch. You want, you want to, you want to walk out and blow their minds right away. Um, That's the goal for every athlete. So uh, yeah, making predictions. I think I'll stay away from that one. You you answered it well. Um, As far as at a regional level, you know, there's, I've seen in my coaching, I've seen a lot of crossing over from wellness to bikini, and there's a big disparity between a pro wellness competitor versus like a regional. And I know it's newer, it's a newer division, so it's developing, but what are some like key factors that really, you know, kind of separate what's the line there? I mean, that you're there was a girl, there was a girl who came up to us after, after her wellness division. Mm-hmm on Saturday in Louisville and she had a nice look and she said, you have a minute. Can you tell me where I belong? Bikini or wellness? Yeah. That particular day, uh, October 7th, she was wellness because of um, the way her glutes were and her hips and the size of her quads. However, she's looking at getting into the nationals which is another how many weeks away. And a lot of changes can be made by that, at that by then. So I said, well, you're wellness today. And Bill said, you'll be bikini by December. Yeah. <laughs> so I said to her, the question here for you is this. She said, I think I'm destined to be wellness down the road. I said, I agree. So the question is, um, I mean, I'm a big picture guy. How are you with that, Amy? Do you, are you looking for what's happening in the present tense, or are you looking down the road for when they'll be at their best? Yeah, I always keep in mind like the long game when it comes to an athlete, and yeah, you have to pay attention to the right now details, but um, so yeah, for her, the big picture. I said, no. Here's the deal. Uh, right now. You look like wellness, but like Bill said, you probably trimmed down correctly and you're, you're, you're bikini. Mm-hmm. But if in fact your future is in wellness, maybe you should shut the, shut, shut everything down right now and begin now 
in your quest to be a good wellness athlete. Yeah, and building. Instead of blowing these eight weeks getting ready for the Nationals, which you may or may not be suited for. Mm-hmm. There's girls out there that are bikini girls and they're getting ready. And you're going you're gonna to yeah. hope that you can turn into one. Yeah. You got decisions to make. In her yeah. case, I think she's going, uh, I think she decided to go to the Nationals and she'll make a run at it. And then from then on, because it appears like she's got that kind of body where her lower, lower body does, in fact, respond quick if she, you know, you, you know, when you someone comes to you and you can tell they've got that body that depending on where the question actually is to them, they'll say, which one do you think I should do? And the question is, uh, how do you like to eat and how do you like to train? Because mm-hmm. you can eat and train your way into wellness if you have that kind of body. Great. Yeah, that's good advice. I love it. Was there a question that I didn't ask you um, or something that you wanted to share with the listeners before we hopped off um, or any advice that you have for listeners? Something. Yeah. You know, uh, the the key is to be smart. Train smart. Um, Genetics are a large, large part of this. And you got to be, it's just so important to be a realist. Um, the first, uh, first time I went to watch the USA and I, I would typically be a late heavy. So I went near the backstage to see them come out. And as they walked out, I thought, I can't look like that. Period. I, 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 it's not in my genetics, my makeup. I can't look like that. And whereas many other folks to their credit or their to, to, or to their demise, decide, oh, I can just give me enough time. I can look like that when they they can't. So it's so important to be real about this. Um, and I they've got to have balance in their life. Uh, this is a cool sport. I love it, um, but can't get, get can't get in the way of life. So. That's my advice to athletes. Love it. Really good. So if people wanted to reach out to you or thank you for the episode, what are some good ways that they can reach you? They can, uh, they can go to my website, garyudit.com. It's got my email. It's got my cell phone. Um, you know, people call like the week before they're in North America and they go, wow, man, look, I'm sorry, my man, I know you're, I know you're really busy. And I go, well, actually I'm not because a lot of the stuff for the shows, I'm already working on things for Jim Mannion's contest next year. Yeah. And, and get ahead of it because there are predictable things I can do now so that a week out from his show, when something goes sideways, I can easily deal with it. Um, so yeah, they, Feel free. Our whole goal, my team, the judges, the fantastic judges we've got, uh, all the way to the higher-ups, the goal is to create a comfort zone for the athletes. It's it's The athlete experience is, is most important. And a lot of times people say, I can't believe you picked up the phone. I go, well, it's not that hard. Pick up the phone or to return a text. 
Um, So uh, we want to create that comfort zone and increase uh, that good athlete experience. It's everything for us. I wanted to compliment your team. My, um, the four competitors that I had at the natural Kentucky, you know, Tuesday, the pictures came out and by Thursday they had already all four gotten feedback. So I wanted to just credit your team to getting back promptly too. I think that's something that sometimes, and I can understand why it does take a long time for people to respond with feedback if they're doing it via email. So I just wanted to thank you for, you know, also having a great team that gets back to athletes promptly. Well, and you know, they, they do. Um, the, the difficult part is people like, as you can imagine, Tyler, Steve, Becky, Sandy, Bill, they're inundated. Even when they're supposed to be contacting someone else, they want to hear it from them. Um, and many times, actually, Sandy and Becky will go backstage right after the mm-hmm. division. Yeah. Uh, which is so cool. And so does uh, Tyler and uh, Bill uh, and Steve. They'll, they'll go back there and answer questions. There's nothing like it. But uh, yeah. Uh, thanks so much for taking the time today. It's really cool. Yeah. I really appreciate you coming on. And if you would like to uh, tag us on your story, you can find us on Instagram at Prep Life Podcast or at Glam Girl Bikini. And if you'd like to join the team, you can go to glamgirlbikini.com and hit the get started button. Thank you so much for your time, Gary. I really appreciate it. Thanks for listening, guys.